0: Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide tonight. In our segments, we will be discussing Romans chapter eight, verses fourteen through seventeen, sharing some sugar sticks, and then conversing on raising children. And actually, the, we're going to be—it's going to be a little different tonight with the raising children. Uh, have a new kid by Friday. We are to the index of A to Z topics, so you should have a paper that has all of those topics listed out. There will also be um, some of those listed on the screen that will be flashing throughout the show. Um, Try to pick one, and then when we get to that segment, uh, yell it out, and the panel will pick that segment and discuss it. So make sure you are looking at that while also listening to the other things we are talking about. I am Molly Kingston, your producer, and joining me on the panel is Pastor Ben Kingston, Mr. Ryan Mayberry, and Mr. John Yerke. He is filling in for Dr. Gavin Hooks. Um, gentlemen, riddle me this. How can you drop a raw egg from a height onto a concrete floor without cracking it?
1: I don't have a clue. Is it like an inch high? You just said height.
0: Just a height. Just any height.
2: Oh, uh, the egg's hard bowl?
0: No, a raw egg. That raw is egg, How sorry. can you drop a raw egg from... Hot is not cracking. Yeah,
2: without cracking it. Don't know. I don't
0: know. Okay, well, then we're going to move on. If anyone (laughs) in the audience thinks they know the answer, you can text the number that is on the screen. And if anyone gets it, I will share it with the show, and then hopefully if I remember at the end I'll share the answer if no one gets it. If the egg's
3: still inside the chicken, drop the chicken.
0: No, but that's a great answer. (laughs) That's not the one I'm looking for, but that's a good one. What if she
2: delivers in mid-flight? That's clever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. We encourage audience members to text any questions or input about all topics of discussions that we broach. As always, if you listen later online, please comment your answer on the Facebook post, and then like and share so others can join in on the fun. Just a real quick If you miss the riddle, how can you drop a raw egg from a height onto a concrete floor without cracking it?
2: That was for you, Randy. It
0: was actually for Layla. Okay, so moving on to our first segment is Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17.
2: All right. So, I was completely depending upon Gavin for this because (laughs) this is right down his alley of orphans and adoption. Uh, and it's a big subject of Paul's in his epistles and such. And, of course, got the text the other day that Gavin's not going to be here. So uh, got with uh, John MacArthur and uh, kind of honed up on this. This is really good stuff. I mean, excuse me, as a, as a preacher type, I mean, these are the things that you talk about a, a sugar stick. So uh, diving in here at Romans chapter 7, I'm sorry, 8, uh, 14 through 17. Thank you, Don. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For ye received not the spirit of bondage unto fear, but ye received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified with him. Uh, now, the portion that I read out of the commentary uh, separates 17 uh, into the next segment. So we're going to deal mainly with 14 through 16 here. Uh, with that said, let's take a little caveat first and just ask the question, and don't be shy, but if you don't want to volunteer this, that's okay too. Have anybody here on the panel, have you ever quote unquote struggled with doubts of salvation, whether or not you were truly saved? Anybody want to volunteer that? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) There's a resounding yes. Yeah.
2: Amen. And, and so John MacArthur dealt with that at the, basically at the start of verse 14 here, he, he said in his commentary that when he has people, and as pastors, we get a lot of those conversations, and, and let me you know, rush to this statement here. If you are struggling in that area, go talk to your pastor, go talk to uh, a person that you trust uh, spiritually and, and such of that nature, because you, you've got to deal with that. You, you cannot allow the devil to hang that, because I believe that's where that's coming from mm. in most cases. Uh, you know, the commonsensical thing that came to me in college, I struggled with my salvation while I was struggling with my call to preach and it was an end around. It was something the devil was trying to get me off of the track of surrendering to preach. And so one of the things that came to mind was what benefit does he have causing someone who is lost to doubt their salvation? Mm
0: -hmm. If
2: a lost person Mm -hmm. thinks they're saved, He's an idiot to try to convict them that they're lost.
0: Right, because okay. then they'll start asking questions. Right, right.
2: So if a lost person truly believes that they're saved, he's going to leave them alone. He's going to make them think you're, you're you know, good. Uh, whereas a genuinely, truly saved individual, he's got everything to gain by causing them to doubt their salvation because they're stuck. You're not going to advance in your spiritual life, uh, in a kingdom life. You're not going to be winning people to Christ, most likely. You're not going to be, you know, trying to disciple people if you yourself are not sure if you're saved. And so uh, that was one thing that, that helped me get through that time. Uh, ultimately, it was the Holy Spirit helping me realize that he was calling me to preach. And then, again, this was just a, a smoke screen from the devil. But John MacArthur said in, in his commentary that he asks these people, have you ever felt that you were genuinely being led by the Spirit? And, and it's based on this verse. Because if you're being led by the Spirit, you're, you're one of his children. Mm. You know, you, you are saved. And what he talks about is the, uh, the, there's three inner confirmations that this passage talks about that convinces and helps the child of God know that they are a child of God. And the first one is uh, that they are led by the Spirit. The Spirit of God speaks to you. The Spirit of God leads you. And so... Uh, How would
3: you define that as opposed to, say, your conscience or the fact that you've heard the Bible so you know it's wrong? Right. So on your own, you see, I shouldn't be doing this. How do you differentiate that between God specifically leading you? Uh,
2: so, So he goes on to say that there's two ways that he leads you illumination and sanctification so if you experience illumination as you study the word of god you get it you grow you change some things because of what you've learned in the word of god you're being led by the spirit of god this is his book he wrote it and so you've got the author residing inside of you you are submitting to him. Only children of God do that. And and as you submit to him, he illuminates, he brings it to light, he teaches you. You know, we talk about this all the time. Light obeyed increases light. And so I, I think that's a fair question, mm-hmm. and, and I think that everyone's – because and, and it's something, you know, I don't have perfect callback memory, uh, but, but he really goes into that. He, and he talks about this whole idea of uh, someone that – they walk the talk, you know, or I'm sorry, they talk the walk, you know. Uh, so so they, they go to church, they, they talk religious ease, uh, they're good people, you know, they do good things, but they're not being led of the Spirit, you know. They still are in full control of what they do on a daily basis and such. It's their kingdom, and they just put God in it. And, and that's not to say that they're not saved as much as that's a person that's probably going to struggle with their, you know, salvation uh, because the Spirit of God is going to lead you. I don't know. Does that answer your question?
3: Yeah, somewhat. I mean, okay. there's a lot yeah. in the question. Oh, oh so. sure.
2: Right. Well, so the second thing is sanctification. So, so not only will you be growing in the Word of God, you will be understanding the Word of God. And the only mm-hmm. way to do that is to seek it and to keep your nose in it. But you will... Start changing things. Sanctification is you setting yourself apart from God. You'll be making decisions that mirror a uh, spiritual walk with God. Uh, you you will be uh, correcting yourself. You will be uh, fighting sin, you know, so on and so forth. So those two inner confirmations are confirmation that you're being led of the Spirit of God.
0: I think, too, it's uh, good not to... To sec- or what's the word? to um not underestimate though the spirit using your consciousness or your oh well, yeah and right the, right because the, the, like, they the illumination together, yeah. exactly. they work together that's mm-hmm. right i think too uh, um when you feel a an urge to do something that you wouldn't typically do and like like towards the good right like if as an introvert, I'm being led to speak to someone. Like, normally, I'm not going to make that decision. But then if I'm actually feeling like an urging, like I need to say something, then I would consider that a leading of the Holy Spirit.
3: Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So how, um, I'm all on board, but I'm, it just makes me think. Hey, um, so please. As, as far as Jews, that they're religiously practicing, they follow the Word of God, they understand what it means to a certain extent, and they they live a good life, but they don't believe in Jesus, would you say they're led of the Spirit?
2: No, because there's only one way to have the Spirit, and that is through Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 1. I
3: agree. I'm just trying to reconcile that fact with how they can live a very morally upright life if they are not led with the Spirit.
2: I love that, Mm -hmm. and and here's my answer. The Word of God works, Mm -hmm. even for lost people. A lost businessman that puts spiritual and scriptural, uh, you know, uh, principles into play in his business is going to be, I think, blessed and advantaged. That's
3: the way God set up the world. He's right. You know, he lays out the principles in the Bible and tells you how how it's going to work out most right. of the time.
2: Well, and, you know, I think you could argue that the United States of America hasn't necessarily quote unquote been a Christian nation for the last hundred or so years, but she still was working under a... System was that was built around system. that's right, right. and yeah. so he was able to still bless the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so amen. Uh, but but that's a fair question, and and it's a hard answer, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't, yeah, take it's any... something
3: I'm not even expecting to get a full answer right here, correct? I, yeah. It's just something I've been kind of chewing on, well, right?
0: And would you consider a difference between because like the Jews are following. Most of them is like the Old Testament. The focus is on the Old Testament, the Torah. So, right. And that is um, also, we believe spiritly led to be written. I'm sorry, words are failing me right now, but then also like it's the Ten Commandments and things like that. What's the difference between, like, would you consider being different, led by the spirit or wooing by the spirit? Like the spirit is obviously working something in them, like and he calls everyone. If he's calling you, and he's probably calling the Jews through their mm-hmm. religion to himself. I guess I'm asking, what's the difference between being led by the Spirit and being called by the Spirit?
2: Well, it's the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, called by the Spirit of salvation. Led by the Spirit of sanctification. Uh, and so, you know, light obeyed increases light if a Orthodox Jew... Practices the Old Testament in, in truest, whatever the word would be, I think sooner or later, authenticity. Uh, the Spirit of God's going to woo them to the New Testament. He, he's going to woo them to this Jesus Christ and the such. Um, but because, you know, Jesus himself said, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. You know, the Old Testament and the New Testament fit like gloves with each other. And... So, you know, it's the the age-old struggle with the Jewish nation of rejecting the one true Messiah. And, and God doesn't love them less because of that, but he does, you know, I mean...
3: He accepts them the same way as anybody else. Sure,
2: so. sure. And, and the New Testament it is clear. You know, no man comes to the Father but by Jesus. And so um, for the... For the Jew, I believe with all my heart that God is thrilled that they're seeking Him through the Old Testament, because again, His Spirit, the one that wrote the Old Testament, is drawing and wooing them. Now that they, they have to receive, you know, they have to follow that light. Uh, but um, I, I think the best thing that can happen is for a, a, any person to zealously seek God through the Old Testament, because sooner or later, the Spirit of God is going to. You know, because c- look at all the Christ types in the Old Testament.
3: Oh, it's it's cra- I've been right. in Sunday school studying yeah. Genesis and now Exodus, and it's crazy the amount it's crazy. of uh, yes. still applicable things right. that you can find in
2: there. So, uh, t- two things there, and, and you know, let me know if we're eating no, up we're too good. much time. But you know, W. Chriswell back in the day, one of the one of the greatest preachers ever to live, and he preached expositionally, preached from Genesis to Revelation. Two or three times throughout his preaching career, and uh, he always whined and complained to his church people that he didn't—they didn't give him enough time. He would preach for a solid hour uh, every every Sunday, and he whined and complained to the people that that wasn't enough time to do service to the Word of God. So they loved him, and the church grew like crazy. Uh, and so, one particular New Year's watch service they called it, they told him you got the whole night. You know, we're, we're, we're bringing the new year in. You've got the whole night. And I can't remember if it was four or seven hours that he preached without stopping, and it turned into a book called The Scarlet Thread of Redemption. And that's what he did. He went through every book of the Bible and showed the thread to the cross of Christ. And, and it, it's still, to this day, a very widely read book and such. Uh, now, the, now, I don't have that type of, you know... Uh,
0: you mean you're not going to do that? Next I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that.
2: I might could preach for 45 minutes, uh, but but I, you know, I'm telling you right now, uh, he he was a well-studied and just he was a scholar, you know. And I don't ever use that term for myself uh, because I don't believe I am a scholar. I am I am a, a rural country preacher. Uh, now that's no excuse to stay ignorant, you know. And I don't ever want to use that for that. But then the other thing I wanted to share with you was a. Uh, Uh, This this latest doctor visit, uh, Mohammed is his first name, so, you know, he's got that background. And when he heard that I was a preacher, he said uh, in his accent, can I ask you a question after you ask me all your questions? And I said, absolutely. So uh, sure enough, at the end of it, he said, I didn't think priests could marry because, you know, he knew I had a wife. And I said, well, how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) And so we, we just launched in, and, and when I got to the whole thing of the Old Testament, he said, now, that's the Torah, right? And I said, yes. And so anyway, we had a great conversation, had a great conversation, and it, it was fun, mm-hmm. it was good. And, and, you know, that that's something that all of us should look and long for is for people that have differing opinions. It's always
3: more fun to talk to somebody who disagrees That's with That's right. I mean, what's down. the point if you both right. are just, just going polite. to agree on
1: everything? It's going to be boring quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: And, and, and what I told him, too, I said, now you understand you're asking me a question about Catholicism, and there's not a Catholic in the room that I'm aware of, so I'm not going to put them down, but I am going to tell you from my perspective what the differences are. And so if a Catholic was in here, we'd need to give him fair, you know, time too. And, and he said, absolutely. So because that, that's something I'm always very careful about. I, I'm not going to bash anyone or anything, but I will point out differences. And these are the reasons why I hold this difference type thing. So, uh, Any
0: final thoughts on the sanctification or illumination?
2: Let, uh, no. Uh, so the second <clears throat> inner confirmation is that the spirit us from slavery. hmm and then the third confirmation is that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So you've got the Spirit of God illuminating the Word of God and sanctifying you. You've got the Spirit of God freeing you from sin. And then you've got the Spirit of God talking to you, bearing witness with your spirit. That That's that. And hopefully we've all experienced this. That is where... The Holy Spirit just absolutely confirms to you, I got you. We're, we're in this together. You're my child.
1: Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. You met, well, a couple of years, I guess, I met with you and was struggling. Right. Struggling bad. And I don't really have a problem sharing it. Uh, but what was going on is, you know, I lived a life. I, I partied. It wasn't a right. secret. And when you move past that and you move through that, there's a hole, and there was a hole, and you basically said you have to fill it with something good from here Amen. and just this, Amen. and it it worked. That's right. It worked. But, it But if you don't know you have that hole, you're just going to flounder, flounder or flounder.
2: And fill it up with something worse. Yeah, you fill it up
1: with something worse, yeah. or uh, you have to fill it with the Word of God or... Yeah, you can go right back to it, and who knows what would have happened. But, I mean, yeah, that day in your office, hallelujah yeah, I, you know, I broke.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah it? you uh, say we have and a it, Christ-shaped hole in our right. souls. And yeah, entire. a
2: vacuum that only God can fill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my come-to-Jesus time was when I was in college and God made me give up all my secular music. Mm-hmm. And, man, you talk about a hole. Man,
1: music can really do some stuff to you, can't it?
2: Well, I mean, my favorite song was Hell's Bells. That's a good one. Well, we're going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> yeah, from a worldly, secular yeah. opinion, wow. that's a good one. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it, but, but it, uh, it can... Yeah. 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 I, I, to it. To <laughs> it. I was
1: actually, yeah, I was talking to a guy just yesterday in my driveway about, about uh, just things of the past. And, you know, that struggle's still there. It's yes, absolutely, every day. Because he was like, you know, I, I don't want to do it anymore i do right it's a struggle Amen. like i do want it like i want to be bad right. like i want to still that's do why what you i got to stay in exactly that. so well, when people talk about oh I'm, I'm struggling i'm struggling you wouldn't get it i do get it it's, you,
2: everybody's well, got their thing It seems yeah, exactly. kind
3: of
1: a silly statement to think you know you don't get well struggling
3: people i think like, that's yeah. almost yeah. an excuse you tell it's yourself like, yeah, to justify
2: well, it. Yeah. It, it, I yeah. think it's also a deception from the devil. The, the devil sure. is telling them that they, don't, they don't get, so get you. Yeah. This yeah. is so You're intense that in they this. wouldn't understand. That's right. Yeah. right. I, I, almost every Sunday, I, I say, you know, that you, if you see the preacher doing something, all that means is you can too, you know, because mm. we all go through the same struggle to some level. Mm. It's an urge, you know, the, the, those fleshly appetites are there. And the Spirit of God is the only one that can handle them, tame them, kill them, and replace them with, with that godly urge to talk about Jesus and help people come to faith. And when, it,
1: when you get down to it, that's, this is the only thing that matters. It, it is the only thing. All the other stuff will go away one day.
2: It's the one ring,
0: <laughs> the one ring to it rule is. them all. Yeah.
2: This is the one ring. Yeah. Hey, amen. The I the couldn't agree one more, ring John. To bring
0: Okay, <laughs> moving on. That was a great discussion. Good stuff. Um, we'll move on to <laughs> Romans 17 through 20 next week. So sugar sticks. It was, uh, we were kind of... A, it was a good segue, but I don't do segues. So um, into my sugar stick, which I think we've exhausted the topic of New Year's resolution. We pretty much all decided that we don't like them. Well, okay, I and Ryan do not like them. Um, but... I'm praying for you but guys. But this I really month... <laughs> um, I, I kind of, I don't want to call it a New Year's resolution because I think it's bad mojo for me personally. You just
3: <laughs> made up your mind you're going to do these exactly, things. Exactly,
0: yeah. <laughs> There's just some things that I've decided this year is the year that I would like Amen. to do this. Yeah, and so my sugar stick though was just simply the potential for change and new beginnings. Yeah,
2: that's good. So my sugar stick is about 15 minutes long. So I'll just say it this way: people leaving blue states, it's happening. It is happening, and I could not talk be talk about th- new beginnings. Yeah, I could not be more thrilled. And the only thing I was going to point out, the Los Angeles Times editorial was, "Hey, you know, if you got to leave California, that's fine, but just don't bash us on the way out." <laughs>
0: <laughs> just leave Come on, Yo, man. <laughs> man!
2: All right, who else? Uh,
1: so, I've got one, but it's not. It, it's when I heard about this like it made me happy. I don't sit around and think about it, but yeah, when I no heard fair. about it. So, I had a I had a buddy come over about a month ago and he was he's my best friend actually and uh my best man. Yeah. That tells you. Yeah. So, uh he uh me and him we go back and he was a partier as well. And this guy he always kind of uh, he, he's in, like, he's cool. Like, yeah. he, he yeah. always kind of he's is cool just... He's a big Yeah, he, he finds just cool people, and people find him. Like, he knows what's a trend. So he was telling me, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just done drinking. And I was like, why?
0: Yeah,
1: how come? And he's like, oh, I, just, I just feel bad all the time. Mm. He's like, I haven't drank in probably six months. <clears throat> I was like, well, you feel better? Said, yeah. And he said, you know, he was just feeling bad, so he tried. Well, yeah, I got a gluten thing. No, that wasn't it. Maybe I got a dairy thing. That wasn't it. Well, quit drinking. That's what it was with alcohol. There you go. So come to find out, he's talking to this guy he knows, and there's a trend in St. Louis that's called going dry. That's a good trend. It is. It is a good trend. And I was like, well, I probably haven't drank in over a year.
2: Huh?
1: I didn't know about this trend. I just yeah. you know, haven't been doing it. And he's like, yeah, it's like what the cool guys are doing. Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm
3: like, quite a bit on social media. Have you really? Yeah, yeah, I have never heard of this. Mm -hmm. A handful. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I've heard a handful of. I'm gonna have to start drinking just so I can go dry, dry, right? No,
2: yours is just been dry. That is
0: (laughs) (laughs) been dry. I like
2: that. I've been dry, man. What are you talking about?
1: I couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy freaking cow! Yeah, that's cool. Like I'm cool again.
0: I've heard of mocktails. I'm cool again. (laughs) <laughs> you got uncool. Yeah,
1: you're cool I got again, uncool, and, and I quit partying. Now I'm cool again. There you go. So well, and so it, we got
2: to be the church for people going. Well, drive. so
1: I asked him. I was like, We w- got cr. What? Well, what, like, what does a party look like at this? Like, like <laughs> that's what? A good point. Like, what are you guys? You have mocktails. What do you do? <laughs> mocktails. Mock like, yeah, we just it's we cocktails just that we talk. Have no alcohol. talk
2: yes. instead of a lampshade.
1: <laughs> we just talk.
0: You drink Dr Pepper. We just I talk like I and of that.
1: everybody goes home at like nine or ten. <laughs> wakes yes. up the next morning. You go to sleep,
0: you feel great. Feel the next great. Day. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, so that's my sugar stick. I, th- I thought that's that was really, stuff. really like that. cool. That was sweet. I've, yeah. I haven't.
2: That, of course, I'm not a social media person, but Me that, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very nice. Uh, so, you've heard that.
3: I have, yeah. Very I'm cool. Glad it's trending in the air. It is. <laughs> Apparently, it's a <laughs> yeah, deal. That's awesome. Yeah. Mine is on the opposite end, not the party end of the spectrum, but the calm <laughs> uh, end of my uh, sugar sticks, my little buddy Maverick. I got, <laughs> This last week, with it being so cold, I was off all week. You just can't lay brick when it's. All like right. Eight when it's one degree, out. yeah. Yeah. yeah so the mortar got, doesn't. No, it freezes in place. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, so, anyway, I got to spend the week with him, um, and it was, it was great.
1: That's awesome. Partner in crime. Yep, partner in crime.
3: <laughs> He's going to be quite the handful. <laughs> it's, it's all right, it's all right.
0: You named him Maverick. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: oh, yeah. It was on purpose. <laughs> yes, exactly. I love it.
0: Exactly. All right. Very good. Man, we sat down and we said, I'm not ready. I said, I'm not ready for it tonight. And I feel like it's been some of the best discussions. So bet. <laughs> praise the Lord for that. Mystery, mystery topic. topic. Let's We're going to do the, spin the wheel,
2: wheel of Mystery.
1: Ooh, look at there, there I got know. one too so uh, I, it's not really I don't know if it's something you'll be able to weigh in on but um, <clears throat> it's it's death my mystery topic is death okay so I like <laughs> yeah I've not tried it yet
0: I like death
1: <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you obviously you have a choice to make on this side and being in the fire service, I've seen a lot of death, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about this the other day. Like, how many have I actually seen? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't put an exact figure to it, but I bet it would be hundred. Oh wow! It would be a fair little mm-hmm. less, little more, possibly. Is that dead or that the is process dying. of yeah. that is dead? Gotcha. And <clears throat> I guess when you see someone whose vapor has just just went out Mm. your perspective of death is is uh is different yeah uh it's not like i'm not talking about you go to the funeral home and there's the casket there's the corpse there's the like it's over Mm. it's it's fresh Mm -hmm. uh and you i I at least think um man i wonder if they if they weren't saved Mm. just if you could just for five seconds, change this and come back. What, what would it be? What would you do different? What would, you know, there's a lot of questions that go through my head and the only prayer I can come up with is, you know, God, I hope they made the right choice. Cause when it's that quit, like it, it's amazing. It's just, you, you, I've heard it a hundred times from you, from Steve, from Brad, from whoever, Mm -hmm. that when you're, when you're, Card is punched. That's that's it. It's punched. It's done. Mm-hmm. And if you don't decide on this side, well, we all know where you're going, and it's for eternity. Right. Eternity. Like I think of people. I was a I, uh, since 2008 been a fireman. I can th- I can remember people 2008, 2010, 12, going way back over a decade. People who had died then, and. They've only been dead for 10 years, 12 years. And I say only, that's a long time. But that's not eternity. It's not even a Eter- right. star. No, it's not. It's not even eternity a is, bucket. you can't, f- it's just, it, it's forever. It's unfathomable. Unfathomable. So it's, it's, it's really a different perspective of when you see someone, just their vapor closes mm-hmm. and it's over.
2: Mm-hmm. I call it the eternal perspective you know the 10 million year approach yeah. to it mm. and i love that t-shirt that says it's not that eternity's so bad it's just that it's for so long <laughs> mm. and, and and you know that's a, a a playful probably way under you know estimating the the value if you will of eternal punishment but uh to, you know I, I like what steve said a, a few months ago when you guys were going through that tactics thing putting a pebble in people's shoes, mm-hmm. and if you can help people realize, just spend a little time in thinking about eternity, you know, and, mm-hmm. and even on the positive side, in heaven it blows your mind mm-hmm. to think of millions and millions and millions of years, and you're never going to exhaust Eternity.
0: You got to be careful. You'll have an existential crisis. Yeah, if you, you can, yeah.
2: a cathartic moment, uh, and and ultimately you just got to have faith in God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think a, a scary but good prayer to pray is, "Help me, Father, to to get a grasp of eternity." And it sounds like that sounds like that's what you're trying to do, because when you and I get a grasp of eternity and the punishment that comes to those that do not know Christ. That gives evangelistic fervor, you know, fever is a better word, um, and the such. So, yeah, I, death has always encapsulated me, if that's the right way to say it, because when I was about eight or ten years old, I had a friend that, that drowned. And we had talked on the phone several times. And when I tried to call him the next time, I did not know of the event yet. His mother told me on the phone. And hanging up that phone, I, I couldn't grasp Mm-hmm. I'll never talk to him again. Mm-hmm. I couldn't grasp that, you know. Yeah. So, and watching people die is devastating, but also, again, cathartic. It helps you, you know, one life to live, soon it will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. Yeah, it's a real thing. You're, it's, a real every,
1: thing. it's a 100% chance you will die. And I would just beg anyone to... Know Christ, Amen. Before,
2: and, and it just it shocks me how very very few people give much assent or thought. Right, to it's it. taken it for granted. Them. Yeah, it's taken for granted. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> no, you're not.
0: Or, or you know, you have that, or you have the like. They're scared. Even Christians right. I've talked to, right? Just, they don't even want to think anxiety. about it. Right, right. And it's like, oh, no, I think it's healthy a little bit to think about it and to. Because then you're going to ask the question, where am I going to be for eternity? Have I made that decision? And I think once you've, once you've made that decision, you won't have any fear. Right. Maybe not any. Because I think, yeah. you know, the devil can use anything. And if you have an anxiety already about death, then he'll use that. I adventure. have more fear about
2: how I'm going to die this is very than true. just dying. This is very I, true. I mean, I'm fine with dying because I'm going straight to heaven. I, I just, oh, uh, uh, Jack Powers used to always say, I'd rather be... Shot, then drugged to death. Oh gosh! (laughs) You know, behind a horse or a car, Mm -hmm. something like that. I don't want (laughs) to die for thirty minutes and and experience. You know, I want just let's just go. You know, but we don't get to pick that. You know, and and it's all good. The first step at Jordan, we won't care. You know, and there's never
1: a perfect time to do it because I've been doing this little study and I've been meaning to ask Gavin about it. It's kind of funny. So, uh, people as you get older like you love your little boy right now mm-hmm. as he gets older transition into Gavin's age it's like I've seen parents in like their late 40s and 50s like I could just kill that kid and then like it's kind of like I'll just fight you right now I'm, you just make me so mad and then boof here comes a little grandbaby and just turns him back to butter <laughs> So, as life goes, like, right now, I don't want to die right now. Sadie needs me.
2: Right. She no needs me. Doubt.
1: You don't want to die right now. Mm-mm. You don't want to die. Nobody wants to die right now. Gavin doesn't want to. You're just a brand-new grandkid. Right. Like, there's never an ideal time mm-hmm. to, to
2: die. A- amen. Uh, I, well, but it's going to happen.
0: You know, death, now when I think about death, I've always, I've always thought about death. I grew up by a cemetery, and it was my favorite spot. Um, uh, but Grandpa dying recently, and I, I say this seriously, had the privilege of being there when he passed. And mm-hmm. I think that is the difference, though. When you don't know if they've made the decision, it is, it, it's a soul-wrenching moment. But knowing that Grandpa was going to heaven and that he was going to be in a better place, it was it was definitely cathartic and uh, closure to watch him die, true. and it, it, I still bawled my eyes out. I'm true, not true. saying it was a, right. a nice necessarily experience, but it was a good experience.
2: It's very good. A peaceful homegoing. Yeah. Sure.
0: And it was peaceful, and it was at a time. You know, he was 92, 93, and. You know, sure, would he have liked to live longer, probably, but also, you know, with him, he had dementia, so he wasn't even, he really wasn't even here Mm, mentally, yeah.
1: And knowing, if you can put, if you can really grasp the vapor aspect, vapor versus eternity, Mm. you're going to have eternity.
0: Right. Uh,
1: And it's very, I can't grasp it. Like, I'm sitting up here acting like I can grasp all this.
2: I can't,
1: (laughs) I can't, it's just...
2: Well, we we had a a pastor in our association years ago that chided a 90-something-year-old man when he was chewing snuff. And he said, sir, don't you know that'll kill you? And he said, I wish something would. I mean, you know, there will come a point that we'll be begging God for a release, you know. Uh, and uh, but anyway, uh, back to the the parent and the kid. sometime, you know, uh, at, at the baby stage, it's all you know, fun and games and well, wonderful. I can't talk back to you. Yeah, and then at the adolescent sense, it, it can be rather you know a struggle. Uh, one of our church members years ago said, "I now understand why some animals eat their young." <laughs> <laughs> I said, Oof. you need counseling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> or a break. You know, one of the two.
0: All right. Any last thoughts about death?
2: Death.
1: Spoke my peace. There you go.
0: Very good. Very good. All right. So this is probably also going to get pretty deep here. Favorite aspect or trait of God? Not everyone talks about it. It's very broad subject. It, it is very broad. Is. I What'd you come up with,
2: Bur- Ryan?
3: So, my initial thought I don't know if you'd really call it a, a trait so much as a fact, but that he left us evidence to find him Ooh. I don't know if I don't know if you could really call it a trait, yeah, but it's just the way it is, but
2: he, the approachability we, of God
3: yeah, yeah, that's a good one approachability the fact that we can look at the world around us and it's not like a blind faith like we you gave the definition of faith on Sunday, and it's you know there's substance to it, and we that's can right. look at that and evidence have faith because we can see logically that there has to be a God and, and then see through his word that he has a moral standard and that yeah. that applies to the, to the world so
2: one thing that, that has been a challenge to me as I read after other men like John MacArthur and David Jeremiah and such this book is God's revealing himself to us if we can communicate that to our lost friends, neighbors, and relatives that don't... What does the word Bible mean? It's so innocuous. It's so vague. You know, we love it because we're Christians. It's, It's the Bible, you know. It's the Word of God. Closer, though, to the reality, it's the revelation. God is revealing himself through that book. And if we can get our friends, neighbors, and relatives to see it in that light... Instead of just the Bible, it's trying to tell you not to do stuff that just you want to do. Just a big rule book. Every has yeah, right. got the rule book. Right. Okay. It's just so hard to understand. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so let me ask you this. If a cancer doctor came in and told you that uh, if you could read this book and it will lead to your healing of cancer, would you figure it out? You better believe you would. Well, this book is your key to eternal life. Figure it out. I mean, and, and it's really not as hard as people want to make it. Good. And, I mean, and that,
3: e- eternal life and just a better life here. A better life here. That's um, right.
2: Your best life now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't read that book. But anyway, um, uh, read the Bible. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. John?
1: So uh, the only thing that I could come up with was the word unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, it's just kind of the, the first line in the beginning God created, you know, that's just not something that says, you know, once upon a time, right? That's that, that is the first sentence of the Bible. It's one of my favorite verses Amen. just because it's, it's got a lot of power to it. I feel. Um, and every time that I read that, it's just kind of like, you better put your seatbelt on because this is going to get good. Um, and then I start to unpack some things a little bit as time goes on and learn a little bit more. And it's kind of like I, I, I maybe start to fathom something, but mm. then it's just gone and I can't just, right. it's
0: just I, too much. I can't remember who said it, but it, it was along the nature of if we could understand God, then he wouldn't be God. I was just looking
3: up, there's a, qu- a Jewish quote. I was trying to find where it's from, and it's it's a lot to even just figure out where it's from, but it's, if I knew God, I would be God. Yeah. Uh, according to Google, it's from uh, May of Mars to towards the end of chapter 30 of Rabbi Yosef, Albo's Sefer, Haik, Aram, and all this other stuff. I oh so, can't you tell said. you exactly yeah. where to look it up. Yeah. But. So
2: th- that's interesting because my trait is that God is so desirable. Mm-hmm. And, and I, f- I feel like these are building upon themselves. You know? uh, y- you've got the word of God that is the revelation And in that revelation you realize I'm never gonna understand this God totally on this side, and yet he's so desirable. And Jesus says, Come learn of me. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know? And then yet in the old testament it says, My ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You know, so you got that balance of God is unfathomable, but he's reachable, he's approachable, he wants us to do our dead level best. And the moment we take that step of faith, he enlightens us and shows us something. You know, uh, the, that quote this week that I shared, that came out of the blue. I would have never looked for that quote had it not been Gavin the Sunday previous saying, hey, do you know anything about Genesis 15? Well, the answer is no. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll see what I got. And I pulled out a book that's a hundred-year-old commentary in my, you know, that I think I'm pretty sure I bought that set from an old preacher in CBC that, that was given up, you know, and he was selling all. it. And, and I'm telling you right now, folks, if, if you ever hear that Brother Ben is selling his library, somebody has killed me. <laughs> I am dead because I'm not, by God's grace, I'm not doing that. And so uh, anyway, long story short, the desirability of God right now is a, something that, that I just, I love.
0: All right. Ah, uh, very good. I went with the Sunday school answer of Jesus Omni- <laughs> um, omnipresence, which because you have the three omnis. Yeah. Um, but but really, more specifically, is just that the fact that God is always present where you are. But then, you know, stepping back from the self view, the fact that He is always present where everyone is at all times, no matter where you are. I think that's where the whole, like, God part comes into play. Like, yeah, sure, he can always be with me, especially if I'm saved and I have the spirit. Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But no, the fact that he is literally everywhere. Um, And then if you dig, if you take a little bit of, like, maybe even the science part of it where they've discovered the... The inner workings of an atom is a vibration, and God speaking the universe into existence, so is the vibration his command to be in existence, and so then God is literally everywhere and everything because he spoke it into existence. Um, so his omnipresence is something I think that that's what I think about the most, is that he's always always there.
3: That's a funny coincidence. I was listening on the way over here to uh, Dennis Prager, and he was talking about a study that he heard of recently, he says that he always he finds it more convincing to people. He says he's never convinced, or rarely convinced anybody to um, believe in the Bible or in God by trying to convince them of his existence by, but instead of his necessity. And uh, so one of his uh, points that he uses as for necessity is that if you're being seen, you'll always act better. Um, so if God is watching you, you're always going to act better. So it kind of uh, puts a moral imperative onto people. And there was a study out of Australia that just came out that apparently, it's a f- I had never, it never crossed my mind, but apparently there's a fear that if you go into surgery um, that the nurses and the doctors are gonna talk bad about you while you're under anesthesia. And so apparently there is some problem with um, the etiquette of the, like the behavior of the surgeons or whatever. And uh, so they did an experiment where they put, like, a, a sign of an eye in the room and that, that alone, just a picture of an eye in the room, was enough care to it. make wow. them feel watched that, and they would behave better in the uh, surgery. Okay, so the he, eye of God. Yeah, so he uh, kind of yeah. used that as evidence to his um, theory as to, you know, if you're being if you're watched, being you're going watched, to act better, they and they, they, you know, there's there's proof of that. So it's interesting and an odd coincidence too.
1: Hmm. So you said something one Wednesday, Ryan, about, and I'm going to butcher it. You'll have to fix it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can do that, but I'll try. It was uh, you said something along the lines of God is outside of time. Mm-hmm. Can you what you know what I'm trying to get at? Uh, like you said it, and I got it when you said it, but yeah. I can't remember it. It's a,
3: I mean, it's a big subject but yeah. is there something specific or just just what well, you
1: said
0: so he created oh. yeah yeah, yeah. Created time. yeah the question was
3: be. was there time in heaven but if he okay. if he created time space and material all at once he's got to be outside, outside of time outside, outside, of, outside of space yeah. and outside in of material. material that's right so that's kind of how i like when people say like the 10 million year perspective or you know eternity's just so long i kind of like i get it but at the same time i just i think it's a, a false premise it's a good way to think about it, but at the same time, if he's if it's outside, it's a di- in a different realm than time. Then it's not ten million years. It's just not time. Correct.
1: Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. That's kind of the way I think of it. Anyway, I, sure.
3: I'm, obviously, I don't know right. if I'm exactly right, but.
0: All right. All right. Very good. I think we have enough time, maybe, mm-hmm. to talk about one thing from "Have a New Kid by Friday." Is does anyone in the audience have a topic that you either looked at the paper First or hand on the screen? Up. Oh. Okay. Anybody? Went up to any meeny, miny, moe. It. Oh,
2: there you go, Justin. Messy room. Messy, Messy room. room. All right.
0: Uh, so when I was going through these, I felt pretty convicted because I was like, "This, honestly, a lot of these are things I struggle with myself."
2: <laughs> so for those listening in Radio Land type thing, uh, we are in the basically the last segment <laughs> of the book. Have a new kid by Friday, and so he uh, has gone to an A to Z uh, deal. Where these are questions from parents in real life situations that he answers and applies his Have a New Kid by Friday approach. It kind of shows the to, age
3: of the book, too. One of the topics is MySpace.com. Oh, yes. there you go. Yes, it, yes you go. I
0: noticed that. So, what too. page is that on? That's on page 186. Seven. All right, seven. 187. So, it starts off with a quote from a parent saying, I think a sign ought to be posted outside my son's room. Toxic zone, don't enter for fear of your life.
2: So, he goes on to say, I'm not a high-standard guy. I'm a -a want-to-see-the-floor-twice-a-week kind of guy. But even if I have my limits, my wife, Sandy, a firstborn, has a lot less tolerance for mess than I do as the baby uh, of the family. Many teen rooms are downright toxic. Can we go get Tony for this segment? Okay, anyway. Kids are mess makers, and they usually won't have the same standard you do for keeping their bedrooms picked up. And after all, they have a lot of important stuff in there like makeup, iPods, rocks, and they only have one, one more dated reference, iPod, uh, and they only have one room that's totally theirs in which to store their precious belongings. So if you expect them to keep their bedrooms as clean as you do, the rest of the house, you'll be sorely disappointed. However, bedrooms ought to be cleaned at least twice a week so they don't start smelling like locker rooms and looking like the local dump. That means anything that's been thrown on the floor gets picked up and deposited where it should go, including food, wrappers, clothes, and possessions that have been borrowed from a sibling. For a parent to expect pickup pick up twice a week is entirely reasonable. Parents should decide which two days of the week are clean-up days, and children need to be clear on the definition of what clean is. That way, when mom or dad walks into the room, it's also clear to the child whether the room is presentable or not. If the child hasn't done a good job and doesn't seem to be willing to do round two, if he even attempted round one. You can assign someone else to complete the cleanup, a sibling, a neighbor, and take the cost out of your child's next allowance. After all, isn't that what life is like? You pay for things others do for you. Why shouldn't cleaning your child's room be the same way? Paying someone else to do a job that your child failed to compete or complete, and taking the pay out of his allowance is a good way to teach him responsibility. Not to mention that most children would be more than annoyed to find out that a sister, brother, or neighbor was in their space going through their stuff.
0: So I think the big takeaway is scheduling cleanup days. And I think that is a very good thing to to schedule, especially things that are important. And I think cleanliness, what is it, cleanliness is next to godliness. I don't think I completely subscribe to that, but it is good to clean. And so I think it is like a schedule. Children need, I think, clear expectations. And like he says, to also teach them what a clean room actually is. So,
3: And I think it's, it's good, uh, a good example of the principle that you're raising them to be good adults. Like you're not just, you don't just want the room clean right now. You want them to be the type of person who keeps their things
2: clean. Right, yeah, who takes so. care of their
0: things, good to, stewardship. To have
2: that yeah. discipline. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it's important to stress to the child, you're not doing this because you want it that way. You're doing this because this is good for them to get in the habit of keeping a clean place. Because we, we all know, because in my existence as an adult, I have not always had a clean dwelling. And that's mainly on me, Uh, but it's very difficult to rest and relax in a non-clean atmosphere. And so, if a child has a clean place to go to, you know, he's going to learn the benefit of that. uh, He or she. Uh, One thing I'd also, you know, basically applying here, the the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday aspect of this, uh, you know, if you have. If you've worked through this, what do you want your child's room to look like? And then ask yourself, does my spaces look like that? Mm. You know, am am I practicing what I'm trying to preach here? Uh, And then make it clear, walk away, and exact correction if they don't do it, you know?
3: And I do also, I like the idea of having someone else do the job and then paying them for it because it is like another example of, you know, teaching them, raising them to be Eventually, to be an, uh, an adult, and that's the way it works in life. If you're not going to do it, somebody else will. You missed out on your opportunity. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's a good, I like his approach.
0: Yeah, very good. Uh, we did have some, Jamie checks it in. Olivia specifically asks, when told to clean a room, does it have to be mom clean or dad Wait. clean? Yeah, Ooh. you better believe
2: it. I, we, we get asked that, you know. In fact, uh, when we did garden chores, I would say yeah. daddy gear, you know, you're in kid gear. I need you to get in daddy gear. You know, and they, they knew what that meant because if they didn't get in daddy gear, dad Whipped. took it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> speaking is in here too. We'll try to That's get right. that next week. Um, all right, very good. So I have the proverbs for us tonight Let's today. It. Um, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in His holy dwelling. He says the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. And that's Psalms 68, 5 through 6, NIV version. Um, Where I got this from, it had this in it that I really liked. God is everything to everyone. He is the abundance and perfection of all one ever needs or seeks. He is the perfect parent, the most faithful friend, and the closest companion one will ever know. He is trustworthy and capable. He is kind and compassionate. He is full of mercy and grace. He leads one into the liberty of his love over and over again. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Make sure you invite your friends and neighbors and relatives next week and share the word on your locals before you go. How do you drop an egg from a certain height on concrete without breaking it? Concrete floors are very hard to crack. Good night. We'll see you next week.